Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode four of Charles Talk. Again, I want to thank everybody for listening in on the podcast. I appreciate y'all's support. And if you would, go and subscribe and follow to the channel, and uh, it'll give you notifications whenever I release a new podcast. So, like I said, I appreciate y'all listening every week. So, last week, we went over and discussed the upcoming Moon Knight series that's coming out on March 30th. That will be one week from today, so make sure y'all go... And um, it's going to come out every Wednesday, be six episodes, so make sure y'all go check that out. Uh, One week from today, Moon Knight will be uh, the first episodes coming out. And uh, so today's episode, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about and predict the Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming out on May 25th of this year. And so this episode is going to be all about Star Wars, and it'll probably be the last Star Wars episode for a while. Because we're going to be, as Moon Knight's coming out, I'm gonna the videos every week will be discussing and breaking down each episode of Moon Knight. And then right after Moon Knight comes out, we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming out. And then I'll um, make another Star Wars podcast. So for right now, this will be the last Star Wars um, per, for a little over a month. So... Uh, this is why it's kind of a little early. I want to go ahead and get my predictions and everything because uh, the trailer came out about probably a little over a week ago for this series, and I am super excited about it. I'm, I can't wait to see Ewan McGregor uh, reprise his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, it's been, let's see, the last, Revenge of the Sith came out in 2005, so what's that been, 17 years um, that we've since we've seen him, so I'm I am super excited. For this series, and uh, it's actually going to play take place ten as far as the Star Wars chronological order. It'll take place ten years after those events in Revenge of the Sith. So, if that was nineteen BBY, this will be around nine BBY. So I am I'm I'm just so excited for this series, and it's that excited is just an understatement. I've, I'm I I really want to talk and uh, dive into this trailer because the trailer was awesome. And uh, so I want to briefly discuss the history of Obi-Wan and uh, kind of where the series will take place in the timeline. I've already kind of touched on that, kind of discuss and break down the trailer that, um, uh, like I said, I released a little over a week ago. And I want to, you know, kind of touch on how much of Darth Vader we're going to see in this series. Um, Hayden Hayden Christensen, I'm sorry, (laughs) Hayden Christensen is going to be reprising his role as uh, Anakin Skywalker. But we, you know... Uh, at the end of the movie, transformed into Darth Vader. So, um, you know, they bringing him back in as as an actor is kind of um, kind of a interesting move because you know Darth Vader. We saw him in Rogue One, and Hayden Christensen did not play that. They just had a stunt man, and they used uh, James Earl Jones to do the voice acting. So, this uh, bringing him back as an actor is uh, is very interesting. So, I want to you know discuss on that and why they would need him to come back as an actor. And um, and just overall what the series will be about and, you know, the ending. So um, uh, let's get right into it. Um, So like I said, I'm I'm stoked to see Ewan McGregor uh, reprise his role as Obi-Wan. So I I really love him as an actor. And like in the prequel series, you know, there's a lot of good acting and he was one of the best. Um, He was spot on Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then, like I said, Hayden Christensen is, um, is... you know, returning his role as well. And, um, you know, he, I think there was a lot of choices in those movies that kind of made him, you know, a lot of people say he's not a good actor. I think he's a a good actor, but I think he was put in a lot of difficult situations and like he had to show a lot of different ranges of emotion that were kind of awkward at some, at some point. So I don't, I don't think it was, you know, I, I know they were trying to, you know, what they were trying to do. So like, I think it was, you know, maybe partly with the director, you know, and, and all, maybe some of George Lucas. We can't put all the blame on uh, Hayden Christensen. So I'm really excited to see him um, return in this role and kind of redeem himself from the uh, the prequel series. And uh, I mean, the Revenge of the Attack of the Clones, it wasn't, you know, that great. I felt like he gotten better in Revenge of the Sith. You know, still, you know, not the, not the best. But, I, you know, like I said, I don't think it was 100% his fault. So um, let's uh, go into a little bit of this uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi backstory. Um, We first see him, he was uh, sent to Naboo in uh, The Phantom Menace with uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, played by Liam Neeson, kind of to discuss with the Trade Federation 
about the uh the blockade that they had over um the planet of Naboo and um and at the end of the movie, well close to the end, they basically had to go in and save Queen Amidala that um uh basically it was a it was a you know, kind of a whole um a whole charade that the Trade Federation was due kind of orchestrated by Darcidius as uh, he made a couple of appearances in the movie. So um and basically um, after he was, um, a Padawan to him, we knew he had to, um, uh, so Obi-Wan is, uh, right now in this movie is a Padawan learner to Qui-Gon Jinn. And so, and then once they, they knew what was going on with the Trade Federation, they had to uh, regroup on Tatooine. They rescued the queen. Uh, they had, um, some troubles with their ship. Uh, some, I, th uh, I forget what was wrong with it, but they, um, um, some of the Trade Federation was uh, damaged their ship, so they had to regroup on Tatooine. That was the closest planet. And then that's where they met the uh, young Anakin Skywalker. Uh, I'm not sure how old he was. I don't I don't think he can be older than like 8 or 10 or something like that. And, and uh, Qui-Gon believes that, that he is the Chosen One. And basically, in a Jedi prophecy, the Chosen One is uh, someone who's going to bring balance to the Force. And you know, basically get rid of all of the, um, uh, I don't think it's to get rid of like the dark side. I think that's always going to be there, but you know, but basically whenever the, you know, it comes to the ultimate darkness, I think the chosen one is supposed to, um, you know, fulfill that prophecy and bring balance back to the force. Cause as we see in, you know, after we see Luke Skywalker did what he did, uh, then we see the, um, which Luke Skywalker did play, you know, we'll get into all that later, but Luke Skywalker, you know, did play a, a big role and there's kind of a, some debate, you know, of like, who's the chosen one? Was it Anakin or was it Luke? George Lucas confirmed that it, it you know, it is Anakin. Cause I mean, I guess you couldn't have Luke without Anakin, but you know, cause since he was his dad, but you know, at the end, I mean, I think, I think even though they didn't know each other very good, I think at the end of Return of the Jedi, as um, Anakin or Darth Vader threw Palpatine over into the um, uh, over into the um, uh, the reaction shaft, that I think that might have you know helped Luke. And then at the um, uh, you know later on the sequel trilogy, he was the one that projected himself and helped Ray defeat uh, Kylo and and the rest. So, I mean, I think, so, yeah, I mean, I guess to an extent, if there's going to be nothing else after, I mean, after the uh, the sequel trilogy, they pretty much eliminated the, the dark side. I don't know if it's always going to be there, but I've always, um, I've never really, I'm kind of rambling, but I've kind of never really thought about, like, what what actually that means by bring balance to the Force. Um, uh, might have to do some more, more research on that, but anyway, that's not really what this, uh, what this is about, but... Like I, like I said, Qui-Gon believed that Anakin was supposed to, that he believes that Anakin's the chosen one and to bring balance. And um, in order, you know, in order to get their parts, because the um, the Tardarian that uh, enslaved Anakin uh, was actually, um, he didn't accept the uh, Republic credits. So Anakin entered in his pod race in order to um, to help them with uh, to get, acquire the parts that they need. And he actually um Qui-Gon made a um made a deal with the slaver and said um and got Anakin his freedom wasn't able to get Anakin's mom's freedom and um was able to get the parts that they need and then they uh um and then they made it back to uh, to Coruscant where the Queen Amidala is going to try to plead her case to the Senate and and so all of this is you know like I said is pretty pretty much orchestrated as a plan by Darth Sidious. He uh, he actually sent his apprentice whenever he found out that the Trade Federation let the Queen escape. He sent his apprentice Darth Maul. Um, he's a very crucial character. We'll discuss him on later later ep uh, later episodes to uh, to complete this mission to find Queen Amidala and. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan were actually helping the, the queen uh, escape as the Gungans were fishing, as the Gungans were fighting the, um, the Naboo. So, you know, as, um, you know, once they got back from Coruscant, they helped the, uh, the Gungans fought alongside the Naboo 
and and basically Maul uh, intercepted Obi Wan, kind of cut off uh, Qui Gon and Obi Wan for a minute, and then um, he eventually killed Qui Gon, and then um, Obi Wan. This uh, this did a very significant. This took a very significant toll on Obi Wan because um, he uh, he didn't. You know, Jedi's aren't supposed to show rage, but you can kind of tell in his face that he was very angry about this. And then when the 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 shield lifted, he he um, he fell into the um, uh, into the reaction shaft, and then jumped up and sliced Darth Maul in half, supposedly killing him. Um, you know, we saw him falling, the two halves of him falling down the shaft, and but we we know that you know, according from uh, Clone Wars, and then. Yeah, we saw him in Solo, and then in Rebels, that Darth Maul did survive, um, as we're going to see him later. And he's a very interesting character. I'm glad they brought him back. But uh, and then uh, Obi Wan went over to Qui Gon, and uh, his Qui Gon's last words uh, were to um, were to you know train the boy, you know, um, you know train train Anakin to be a Jedi. So they um the fighting pursued the Naboo and the Gungans were victorious over um over the Trade Federation. Uh this is kind of like an early draft of the Separatist army basically. They were using the droids and everything that, you know, the Separatists are going to um were going to use. And uh they actually were victorious when uh when Anakin um you know, only 10 years old, him and R2D2 flew into the um the control ship and shut off all the droids. So they can kind of thank that victory to Anakin. So, uh, that goes on to that, um, Obi-Wan arc. And then we go on to attack of the clones and this is about 10 years later. So this is, I'm trying to think this would be about 22 BBY, I believe. And then, um, so Anakin, you know, is, you know, is a lot older. He's probably like, you know, 17, 18 now. And, and so now Anakin is Obi-Wan's Padawan since, um, so Obi-Wan, he convinced Yoda and the council to let him training, um, let Obi-Wan train him to become his Padawan. Uh, so this is about, you know, 10 years of them training, training. So Anakin is a very capable Jedi now. So then the council put them on a mission to protect uh, the now senator Amidala, she was queen. Now she got promoted to senator uh, for the republic, and um, and then we kind of know the story. Padme and Anakin fall in love for each other, uh, but while all this is going on, Obi Wan actually sets off to try to find the person that tried to kill Padme. Found out uh, he got some clues that the uh, bounty hunter went to the planet of Kamino. It's a uh, we're going to see Kamino, you know, a lot, you know, after this in the series basically a watery planet and um it's filled up with the Kaminoans with the large they basically look like the typical aliens you see you know the uh um, the green alien types you see um with the long necks and they're basically masters in um uh producing clones um they have a large cloning factory so his trail leads him to Camino uh he tries to track down any um this uh this bounty hunter that uh, tried to kill the the senator senator Amidala and uh he actually founds out about this clone army that was created by Sifo-Dyas which uh he was an um uh, an old uh Jedi that was uh, that was killed and but you know it was actually a plan orchestrated by Lord C- uh, Darth Sidious and Count Dooku he learns that they use the DNA of the bounty hunter Jango Fett that was the bounty hunter that tried to assassinate Senator Amidala. So Obi-Wan sets out to follow him and tries to catch him. And, um, you know, because uh, realizing that he was behind the assassination attempt, he actually meets Jango and Boba before, you know, the, um, I think her name is uh, Lama Su, the Kaminoan medical uh, scientist introduced Obi-Wan to the two. And, and so while this is going on, um they um uh, after Obi-Wan left Jango realizes that he that you know that he's been you know he's been caught so him and Boba escape so Boba is actually a um 
another clone of Django as well, but he wanted to take him in to be his son. You know, like as we discussed in the um, in the book of Boba Fett breakdown in uh, episode two. So, um, Django and Boba escape, and Obi-Wan follows them to the planet of Geonosis. And this, uh, and then Obi-Wan is eventually captured by Count Dooku, and um, Dooku tries to, you know, explain to him and get him to join him and the dark side, but Obi-Wan obviously refuses. Um, and we don't really know it at this point yet, but it's pretty certain that Count Dooku is um, Darth Sidious's apprentice. And Count Dooku was a, a um, an old Jedi turned to the dark side. So then we um, we go to uh, Anakin and Padme. They they had the whole instance on Tatooine where um, Anakin found his mother with the Tuscans, and she eventually died, and where he slaughtered the Tuscans. Kind of you know more eventual him turning into Darth Vader. Um, then they realize Anakin and Padme about Obi Wan being in trouble, so. They come to the rescue to Geonosis, uh, but then they're all put in the same arena to be um, slaughtered by these monsters. And then they try to escape, you know, as best as they can. But then at the last minute, Yoda brings, uh, he actually went and investigated Kamino and discovered all these clones. No one really knows why they were created, but, you know, they see a, first see a war coming on. So it's kind of, you know, I guess it's convenient because there's an army sitting there. And the Jedi don't really know why there's an army there, basically. So Yoda brings the clones and the other Jedi to rescue them. And this basically kicks off the Clone Wars. And, you know, and there's a whole Clone War series. Uh, Obi-Wan is a general in the war. He um, he fought alongside Anakin um, many times and his uh, trusty clone commander, Cody. And, you know, there's a rich history in the Clone Wars. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go into it here, but there's just all kinds of different stories with Obi-Wan and Anakin, Ahsoka, uh, just, you know, just a lot of stuff that's really interesting to watch. Um, you know, there's the his relationship with uh, Duchess Satine of Mandalore, um, his, you know, back and forth with General Grievous, his back and forth with Darth Maul. And it's just it's just all kinds of stuff. Obi Wan's all in Clone Wars, and um, it builds a lot on his character. So we next see him on the big screen in uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, where he and Anakin uh, rescue Chancellor Palpatine from General Grievous at the beginning of the movie. And and basically, we start to see the closeness with um, with Anakin and uh, Palpatine in this movie, and um, Palpatine wants. Anakin to be placed on the Jedi Council, and, you know, and then we see that, um, remember, um, Master Windu saying that, you know, you're, you're sitting on this council, but we will not grant you the rank of Master, and this, just the continual, just, um, you can feel, you know, just from this, the movie, like, just the anger that Anakin just keeps building and building up. Uh, so then the council actually sends Obi-Wan to Utapau, um, because now, that Count Dooku is dead. Anakin killed him earlier when they rescued the Chancellor. Uh, General Grievous is the highest-ranking commander of the Separatist Army, so Obi-Wan is sent to Utapau to go engage General Grievous, uh, where he actually defeats him. And about at this same time, chrono- um, you know, over on Coruscant, Anakin basically joins Palpatine to the dark side, as we see in Revenge of the Sith, and as revealed as uh, Darth Sidious. And Anakin, he calls himself Darth Vader now, or Palpatine, um, gave him that name. So then we see Sidious, um, Lord Sidious, Darth Sidious, issue Order 66 while Obi-Wan was on Utapau, and, you know, we see Commander Cody get the transmission, and Cody fire, um, commands him to blast Obi-Wan from the, um, from the side of the mountain, but he somehow managed to escape, and he, uh, he actually rendezvoused, rendezvoused with Senator Organa and uh, Yoda, where they, uh, him and Yoda, actually go to the uh, Jedi Temple to try to, you know, to try to send a message to other Jedi. Hey, don't come to the temple. You know, if there's any survivors, try to stay hidden. We're gonna try to find. You know, there might be more hope one day. But for right now, just stay hidden. And and so he learns that, and then from the um, the footage in the temple, he learns that Anakin has fallen to the dark side because we see, 
of him go in and slaughter all the younglings in there, the Jedi younglings. And, you know, and Yoda wants Obi-Wan to go confront Anakin, and Yoda is going to go confront um, Lord Sidious. Uh, he doesn't believe Obi-Wan is strong enough to stand up against Darth Sidious. So Obi-Wan is trying to figure out where Anakin is, so he actually goes and asks Padme uh, where he is, but she doesn't say, but she knows where Anakin is. He's actually on Mustafar. He was sent to go kill the remaining uh, Separatist leaders. And so she gets in her ship to go see him on Mustafar, but Obi-Wan kind of slips on board without her noticing. And then we all know what happened on Mustafar. They um, they had their awesome duel, and, um, and then Obi-Wan gets the upper hand, and then uh, actually leaves Anakin to burn in the lava. But, you know, he survives and um, Palpatine saves him and, uh, you know, gives him his equipment and the, the um, and is how Darth Vader is actually created of how of how we know him, you know, today. The the black cape and black mask and the, you know, heavy breathing. That's how Darth Vader was created. So... Obi-Wan, after this, after he leaves Anakin there, he takes a pregnant Padme back with uh, with Organa, Senator Organa and Yoda, and actually helps with um, some droids, helps her deliver her twin babies uh, that she named Luke and Leia. And then Padme shortly dies after, after birth. And, you know, a lot of people, like, wondering, like, why did Padme die? Like, there was literally, like, they, the explanation they gave is she gave up the will to live, um, but I actually just recently saw um, an interesting fan theory that Darth Sidious actually transferred uh, Padme's living force in to Anakin to allow him to live. And because, I mean, he was burned, you know, pretty bad. And so I think he transferred her living force to Anakin to allow him to live. And that kind of worked, you know, in his advantage two ways. It gave him Darth Vader and then it also gave, you know, him rage you know you know rage against obi-wan you know to defeat obi-wan so that's just a theory i don't think that's ever been confirmed but i thought it was it made a lot of sense to me when i read that so after they're born uh organa offers to take leia to be raised on alderaan um you know where she grows up to be the rebel you know leader that we see in at the end of rogue one and then a new hope princess leia and then Obi-Wan offers uh, to watch over Luke on Tatooine, where um, Obi-Wan is going to take Luke to um, his um, kind of like a step-uncle, uh, Owen Lars. So Owen was actually the son of the man that married Anakin's father. So, um, so you know, we know that Anakin never had a dad. Um, his... Uh, Anakin's dad, Anakin's mom, you know, the Metachlorians basically impregnated her. So she, you know, there was no father. So she eventually married. And then, um, the man that, uh, she married his son was Owen. Basically Anakin's stepbrother. So this would be kind of like Luke's step uncle because they called him uncle Owen. So Obi-Wan, takes Luke to Uncle Owen as a baby on Tatooine. And and then we kind of just see Obi-Wan leave, and, you know, he's going to keep watch over Luke. So, you know, from from Clone Wars, we're, like, we're trying to... I'm trying to figure out, like, what role Obi-Wan will have um, after he dies... Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'll go back a little bit. I'm talking about after Qui Gon dies because um, when uh, back on the ship, whenever before him and Yoda split ways, Yoda actually uh, tells Obi Wan about him speaking with Qui Gon um, during the Clone Wars. Um, Qui Gon's dead, but uh, he was able to to train Yoda into uh, projecting himself after death. Basically, immortality is what they said. I mean, you're not physically alive, but you're able to commune with people, you know, after death. And he said that he's going to teach Obi-Wan this as well. So I'm kind of interested after, um, you know, after seeing Clone Wars, you know, with the with the Qui-Gon thing, I'd be really excited, you know, to see Qui-Gon return here and kind of helping Obi-Wan along because 
after Obi-Wan dies in A New Hope, he's going to you know, be able to force project himself after death and talk to Luke. So he obviously either learned it from Yoda, and maybe we'll see in this series how he learned it also from Qui-Gon, his old master. So like I said, Obi-Wan goes to Tatooine, gives Luke to, um, um, to Uncle Owen and his wife, and... And this is basically where this series is gonna is gonna pick up. Um, we kind of fast forward the trailer. It's gonna take place ten years after all this. So basically, Obi Wan is is in hiding on Tatooine, watching over Luke. So, um, uh, like I said, the trailer just came out about a little over a week ago. So um, let's get right into it. And I'm gonna break the trailer down. So and like whenever I watched it, I thought this trailer was awesome. Um, you know, like let's not leave out that John Williams is returning to do the score. Um, you know, he did the iconic opening score that we all know. You know, it, when you hear Star Wars, it's even in my, you know, my intro, the second half of the intro. John Williams did that. He's been around since the beginning, so he's coming back to do the score. That's that's pretty cool. And and so the the trailer opens and shows the blowing sands of Tatooine where Obi-Wan is in exile, you know, trying to stay hidden from the Empire, while also watching over and protecting Luke. So, um, so we see Obi-Wan riding on a uh, EOP, and then he kind of, like, walks the streets of Tatooine. You know, at this time, he kind of had, had to take on the new alias of, of Ben Kenobi, so he's not called Obi-Wan, but whenever he, someone asks his name, he just says Ben, so he tries to, you know, cover up his name, you know, trying to hide... So, uh, and then there's a voiceover saying, the war is over, we lost. So he's kind of, you know, reminiscing on, you know, the Clone Wars here. And I can only imagine how defeated Obi-Wan is here. You know, this is 10 years later, and I bet not a day goes by with, like, without him wishing of, like, how him and the Jedi could have done differently. Because not only did they basically fall right into the hands of Darth Sidious, but they helped him build the Empire with, you know, with the training clones, training clones, rescuing Palpatine, you know, and Grand Moff Tarkin, um, and just, there's just so much more that, like, the Jedi just, you know, and it was just so blinded by them, and the dark side was just right alongside them the whole way, and they had no idea the dark side can really cloud, you know, their judgment. And, and then the, I think what hurt Obi-Wan the most is that he could not help or protect his friend from turning to the dark side. Him and Anakin were, were brothers. I mean, even Revenge of the Sith, he said, you know, we're brothers, Anakin. You know, why, why would you do this? And, and you know, you can kind of feel the anguish in his voice when he said this. So, and whenever he said this line, it also feels a little echoey. So, um, so maybe he's like casting a projection of himself as, um, as Yoda taught him. And, you know, like I said, maybe a possible Qui-Gon return. Maybe he's communing with Qui-Gon here. So uh, we'll just have to see. I, I mean, I, I'd be super excited to see Liam Neeson return. I thought he was um, another really good actor in the prequels. So then uh, the trailer cuts to show Obi-Wan looking through uh, uh, the binoculars on uh, on the Lars camp. And then we see none other than a uh, young Luke Skywalker. So he's about 10 years old here. So, um, cause he was born at the end of Re- Revenge of the Sith in 19 BBY. Like I said, it's about in, this is now about nine BBY. So he'd be about 10 years old here. And, and, uh, Leia is as well. They're, they're actually, you know, they're twins born, you know, born, you know, one after the other. So, but we didn't see her in the trailer. So, uh, so right now she's off in, uh, Alderaan with a uh, Senator Organa. Well, not a Senator anymore, but, uh, Bail Organa. Uh, you know, she's kind of like rebent, starting to probably not quite yet, but you know, she's kind of b- around the rebellion right now. You know, people, you know, trying to, you know, gather up and go against the empire. So we might see her in this uh, series, but we just haven't seen her yet in the trailer. So, uh, and then we actually see Luke pretending to, uh, to fly or race. And I'm not really sure. He's kind of like wearing some glasses similar to the pod racing, um, um, that Anakin did back in uh, Phantom Menace, uh, with the, the goggles. So that was kind of cool. And then, uh, and then the Lars homestead, the farm, it actually looks just like it did from a new hope. It's, it's almost identical how, to, how they did the set like that. So then they cut to a ship flying over a body of water. And, um, 
and then we get uh, we get introduced to the awesome intro of Duel of the Fates by John Williams, and this was uh, whenever Obi Wan and Qui Gon fought, uh, fought Darth Maul back during uh, Phantom Menace on Naboo, and um, you know just an awesome score that John Williams did, and we can actually see a rematch with Darth Maul here because during you know around this time this this series is going to take place around the time of Solo, and we see at the t- at the end of Solo, you know Darth Maul you know talking to Kira. This was like right at the height of his um of his reign, you know, over Crimson Dawn, you know, the one of the biggest probably the the biggest crime organization in the galaxy. So, I I mean, we could very well see him make a, a li- another live action appearance here. Uh possibly a rematch, but uh it probably is not going to be a rematch on Tatooine because Darth Maul doesn't actually find out that Obi-Wan's on Tatooine until Rebels at the um at the end of Rebels as we see. Um, that's not until he reveal uh, he he um he sees that um or figure out that Obi Wan is on Tatooine, and then where um where Obi Wan actually kills him, uh, and and this and those events in Rebels is going to take place about five years after this because Rebels takes place about four BBY somewhere in there. So this ship is actually flying over the ocean moon, o- the ocean moon of Nur, so. So where we have, and this is where the uh, we have the fortress Inquisitorius, and we actually and we'll see our first live action shots of the Inquisitors. Um, so the Inquisitors are actually forced. Hey, sorry about that. I pressed the wrong button, and I think I, I must have paused it. So I'm still trying to get the hang of this uh, podcast thing. So just uh, just hang in there with me. Um, so like I was saying about the Inquisitors, they are actually a uh, force sensitive beings that were trained by Darth Vader to uh, to hunt and kill any Jedi that survived Order 66. And so we first see Inquisitors and Rebels, um, which is about, you know, five years after the events of Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's the uh, animated series. So um, then we're introduced to the Grand Inquisitor in this trailer. And um, a lot of people are debating his design, you know, I th- I don't have a problem with it. I think I think he's I think it looks fine. Um he is actually a um a Jedi guard at the Jedi Temple that uh brought in a wrongly accused Ahsoka Tano of the bombing of the Jedi Temple and and then and then later on brought in the true guilty person, uh Barris Safi. And this was all during the Clone Wars and this actually is what one of the main things that led Ahsoka into leaving the order. And this is actually something else that you know, kind of, you know, made Anakin lose a lot of faith in the, in the order as well. So, and this is kind of like we learned of the flaw of the Jedi order and, and they, they, you know, they, they made a mistake by, you know, blaming Ahsoka as this and, and, you know, and this guard, you know, these, you know, the, um, the guards, you know, they were Jedis as well. Uh, this guard, which is the, uh, Grand Inquisitor now, uh, he was actually kind of like turned, you know, he, uh, he turned to Palpatine and, you know, he gave him a lot of answers that the, that the Jedi really wasn't giving him. And it's kind of the main reason why he kind of, you know, went on to the dark side. And then, in, and then, and also rebels, you know, we kind of like see his, um, you know, his, he was basically the first, you know, kind of inquisitor, you know, but, and then we see, you know, a lot of they're kind of like a lot of brothers and sisters, you know. That's kind of like their name, so you don't really want that to throw you off. Uh, that just kind of like denotes that there's you know a lot of these people, and and actually in Rebels we see three of them, uh, well four including the Grand Inquisitor. Um, we see the the fifth brother. He's got the long headpiece. Um, he um, him and the seventh sister they try to kill Caden uh, Jarrus and uh, Ezra Bridger, and then there um, they there's also an an eighth brother. Um, I'm sorry. I think it's just the fifth brother and seventh sister, and then the Grand Inquisitor. Those are the three from Rebels, and uh, also, and then there's also another eighth brother that's trying to uh, track down Maul because um, he's force sensitive as well. So they're trying to uh, track and kill him. Um, that was um, talked about in the comics, and then um, and like I said, those uh, those three, the fifth uh, brother, seventh sister, and the Grand Inquisitor, all three of those ended up dead in the um, Rebels, which is about five years after the events that we see in um in this new series. There's also a sixth brother that uh that tried to track down uh Ahsoka Tano. Um they believe that she's that she's still out. Um this was kinda talked about in the comics where she kills this uh sixth brother 
and actually purified his red lightsabers into the two white ones that we see in Rebels and then later on in Mandalorian Season 2. And we could see Ahsoka in this series. Um, you know, she's only going to be... What, she'd only be like... If she was like 14 in Attack of the Clones. So this would be about 12 years later. So she'd only be about like 25, 26 now. Um, you know, Rosario Dawson is the actor that plays her in Mandalorian. Ahsoka's age there is about like 50, in her mid-50s, I believe. So, you know, they have to make her, you know, like be like over 20 years younger. So, yeah, I mean, there's a possibility, you know, for her to return. But they just have to de-age her a lot. Um, so then they, um, we, uh, we can talk more about the, um, the Inquisitors. They're actually forced to relocate from Coruscant because Darth Sidious really isn't a fan of the Inquisitors. Um, it's not really talked about much, but, you know, he doesn't like other, you know, other force-sensitive beings other than him and his apprentice. And so I th- I foresee, and a lot of people pretty much agree, that he, I don't think he's a big fan of the Inquisitors. So that's why Darth Vader had to move him kind of like away from Coruscant, kind of like out of his direct supervision. And um, and then we actually see, um, um, see the ships um, that's coming up on the uh, Fortress Inquisitoris. It's got the two-pronged tier on the tip and it's and it looks a lot like vader's castle on mustafar kind of like whenever you see the tomb prong on anything you kind of like that kind of makes you think of vader because of his castle and then it actually um whenever we're we're get closer in on the fortress um it looks like a white land class shuttle that uh kind of like the imperials use um upper class imperials in the empire and uh so vader could be there at this time whenever they show that shot and um and then it shows the Grand Inquisitor cut to the next scene where he is kinda like a voiceover of him saying, The Jedi cannot help who they are. Their compassion is the key. Um their compassion um you know is you know, it leaves a trail. And basically in order to capture him, the key is patience. And um, you know, he's kinda like telling, you know, the other Inquisitors, you know, how to capture Jedi. Their compassion for other people is what's going to leave a trail and how they're going to capture them. And, you know, and, and they're like in some cantina. And, um, and then we also meet Reva. She's another inquisitor. And then we also see the fifth brother there as well with the, um, with the large headpiece. And then, uh, we go to a scene where it shows Obi-Wan on some kind of like transport, uh, train light thing. Um, obviously it looks like on Tatooine. And then it's kind of like ironic, um, on you know who he used to be and you know and now it makes him seem like the jedi are you know are scum and it parallel and it parallels to a little bit like how hitler i'm talking about um the grand inquisitor now it kind of parallels to how hitler you know treated the jews almost like they can't help who they are you know and they like and they need to be rid of so he kind of like sounds like you know elitist and like hitler saying you know like you know you know, the Jedi, they can't help themselves, but we're better than them. You know, we need to eliminate them. Kind of very similar to how um, the similar language that Hitler used. Uh, and then we cut to the next scene on Nur. Um, and this is kind of like a subaquatic scene um, at the Fortress Inquisitorius where we see them meet. Um, it's uh, Reva there, the fifth brother, and another. Uh, couldn't really tell. It was like the side of her. And then um, we can't, we, then we see on their back the ring double-bladed lightsabers on their back, it kind of like, you know, they spin it like the helicopter blade, helicopter rotor. Uh, and then we kind of see a chair in the center, and it's a double prong, so that could be Vader's chair, you know, that uh, when he comes and checks in and has a meeting with them. And uh, and then we cut back to Tatooine, and they show someone suspended. Uh, like, we just see the bottom of their legs and their feet. So, you know, I think they could, it's probably not like they're probably not hanging. It's on Tatooine. Um uh, it's probably Reva is actually like holding her up, holding this person up with the force and trying to strangle this person. And I think she's basically just trying to send a message for people to not harbor Jedi. And, and then we see, we got to get a shot of Owen Lars there as well. Kind of like in the crowd. Um, uh, Joel Edgerton is coming back to reprise his role from uh, revenge of the Sith. Um, he didn't have any lines in it, but you know, he's, he, um, reprising his role nonetheless. And, 
Um, and like I said, he was um, um, one of the bystanders there in the crowd. And Reva is basically intimidating, you know, um, as um, Reva intimidates to all these people. And then, um, and then they they talk about, um, and then they're probably not after Obi Wan here um, at first. Um, we'll kind of we'll talk about this later to like what what Reva's doing here that like that she 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 might be after another Jedi and then kind of like you know feels Obi Wan near. So we'll 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 touch on that later. And then uh, and then we see her off world in the next scene. And then um, and then we get another voiceover with uh, the Grand Inquisitor him saying the Jedi code is, is like an itch. They cannot help it. And, um, as, uh, Reva is on this other planet and, uh, the planets, um, that she's on is called Dayu. And it's kind of like a Hong Kong like setting. Uh, there's like graffiti everywhere. It's, um, it's, um, the director says very, uh, gives like very, um, vibes like Hong Kong. Uh, so she interrogates some people lined up in the streets and, um, and then there's an awesome shot of the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, you know, these trailers, it cuts back and forth so much. And then it cuts back to another shot of the Grand Inquisitor uh, fanning his lightsaber. And, like, he's never breaking eye contact. And this is probably the, my most interesting, you know, part of the trailer. From behind, it kind of looks, you know, like the head of um, of Tamara Morrison, you know, from the um, who played uh, Boba Fett and obviously many of the clones. Uh, he played Jango Fett and, like, heads he's the, you know, the live action face of the clones, basically. And it's, you know, like an old beat up clone trooper armor. And it could be a runaway clone, you know, as, you know, as we see several of them against the empire during the, uh, the bad batch animated series, we saw a lot of clone deserters that didn't agree with the empire. And, um, and I think this could be Rex. I think this is a very good possibility. I know that Obi-Wan, you know, like Rex was kind of like Anakin's, you know, right hand, um, captain or commander. We know C- Cody was mainly with Obi-Wan, but I mean like Rex and Obi-Wan, they had, you know, a little bit of, you know, um, dialogue back and forth during the Clone Wars. So, um, and then he, he's not going to die here cause we're going to see him again in Rebels. So we know he's out there somewhere. We see him in Bad Batch. We see him in Rebels. Uh, this is, you know, right in between those times. So th- we could very well see Rex here and, you know, he can, you know, the Grand Inquisitor could be trying to get a clue from him, you know, to like, helping find the Jedi. And, you know, and I think it's very likely to see Tamara Morrison here. Um, like I say, he plays all the clones. He just, you know, ended his series, the book of Boba Fett. So, I mean, like he's, he's on the payroll of Disney. So, I mean, I think it's very possible that, you know, he could return here. And, um, and I think it'd be awesome to see Rex, you know, again, I, we, we've never seen a live action, uh, Rex, you know, there's, um, uh, I mean, like we might have got like a glimpse of him in Revenge of the Sith, and um, but I mean, you know, we see Commander Cody in Revenge of the Sith, but I don't, you know, as you know, we see a lot of Rex in the Clone Wars, but I mean, like we we haven't got a live action, you know, like a real live action version of Rex, you know, as Tamara Morrison playing him. So, so then we um, the next scene we come back to Dayu as we see uh, the fifth brother actually lead a squad of tor- uh, stormtroopers down the street. And uh, then we get a quick glimpse of um, of two pods. It cuts to these two pods blasting into space, and and I think this could be a flashback from Revenge of the Sith, as um, as kind of like Obi Wan and and Yoda split up, split off into their uh, respective exiles. Obi Wan to Tatooine and Yoda to Dagobah, and so I think we can see a lot of flashbacks from the Clone Wars in this series, and um, and then like I think this is might be a reason why a reason why they need Hayden Christensen to play. Uh, Darth Vader, we might see flashbacks of Anakin during the Clone Wars time. So we'll kind of touch on that later. So then we cut back to Reva, and uh, she's like in a dark alley, and uh, we kind of see the symbol of the Jedi. Uh, so this is maybe like markings to show, you know, other Jedi, like, hey, we're still alive, you know, maybe to keep the hope alive. Uh, she's actually staring down someone in the alley, and this is probably Obi Wan. He's actually holding um, a blaster and not a Jedi, and not, I'm sorry, not a lightsaber. So maybe to like kind of you know not reveal himself just yet so and then there's like some shootout on the rooftop and it it looks like it's obi-wan he's like flipping his hair back he's got long hair so um i think that was that was him probably gonna shoot out with reva and then uh, the trailer shows one last look at um at obi-wan 
and then um and then it cuts to the title as uh, as we hear some of the famous breathing of Darth Vader basically returning uh, confirming his return and so so now I kind of want to like talk about how you know like how we might see Darth Vader in this series like what you know like why do they need Hayden Christensen as an actor to return um for this role so you know like you know we we got Hayden Christensen coming back you know, to reprise his role from Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and where we see him turn into to Darth Vader, as we all know, and, um, but, like, but I, I'm, you know, kind of, me and some, um, I'm kind of wondering, like, why they need him as an actor, because, you know, like, like I said earlier, how, how they did in, uh, Rogue One in that epic, uh, hallway scene, um, they used a stunt guy and then James Earl Jones to do the voiceover, so, you know, why couldn't they just do the same thing here, if they wasn't gonna, if there's, you know, they're gonna do more than that with, with Darth Vader. So, so I think they, they've got something planned in that we may see flashbacks of Obi-Wan and Anakin that we haven't seen yet in Clone Wars, or just a live action version of Clone Wars, maybe, and like show a D, and show um, Hayden uh, de-age slightly. Or we might see like an astral projection, uh, projection of Vader, and like kind of see the scarred up version of of Anakin, or something. I think you know would be cool is, you know, is him confronting Obi Wan and taking off his helmet to show Obi Wan like all of his scars and burns, and like and show Obi Wan like this is what you did to me on Mustafar, and and like and I think they're gonna face off somehow, and then um, and you know the actors are confirmed. But like, you know, how are they gonna you know confront each other? Some people might think it's a they're gonna just duel like an astral proje- projection. But I think it'd be really cool if like if they did you know somehow whenever Obi Wan's lured off world somehow they have an interaction. Like I really just don't want it to be an astral, um, kind of like how Luke did at um, the end of Last Jedi. I hope it's, you know, them actually meeting each other and uh, Obi-Wan having to look into Anakin's eyes again. I think that would be really, um, really good and uh, beneficial for uh, for Obi-Wan as a, as a character. Because we, because, uh, like, I mean, like, the, the, you know, the interaction we had in A New Hope, it was just, it was just very brief. I mean, like, I know it was, like, during the 70s and they didn't really know how, you know, how big this franchise was going to be, but... I just wanted a little bit more with Obi-Wan and Vader and I wish they did. So I kind of want that to be redeemed and we get some more, you know, dialogue between them two. Um, so however they do it, I thought, you know, it's important to have Hayden Christensen come on. So Obi-Wan can see his actual face and have to look into those eyes again. Like I said, uh, because like we never, like we didn't really, you know, get that in a new, it was just a quick fight and then, you know, it was over. So, so I think overall the show will start on Tatooine. Um, you know, hopefully Qui Gon Liam Neeson will return as a, a Force ghost. You know, he's he's dead at this point, but maybe he'll return as a Force ghost, help Obi Wan train in that arena. Um, you know, maybe we'll get some flashbacks to the Clone Wars. Um, Obi Wan's going to be watching over Luke. Um, somehow the Inquisitors came to Tatooine. You know, maybe like you know sensing some other Force sensitive being could be sensing Luke or Obi Wan, and they find somebody else. Um, and then they sense, and then and you know they might sense somebody else, and then they sense Luke, and then they try to go after Luke, and then Obi Wan has to try to lure them. You know, you know distract them away from Luke to protect him, and then he lures them off world to this Dayu, um, planet, and you know. And then he could, you know, be captured, you know, by the Inquisitors and then taken to Vader. Then he could escape. Um, he might, you know, confront Maul somewhere in here on an episode. He uh, he might have to get help from uh, Sen- uh, from Bail Organa. He might see a young Leia. There's just all kinds of things in, that they can explore in this trailer. Uh, just uh, just so much. And, like, and, and there's just so many questions I have after watching this trailer. And um, I hope they're all answered um, when I see the series. But th- this is just like a perfect time. There's just so many characters they can pull from everywhere. This is right at the height of the reign of the Empire, and you know even you know even Palpatine could return. Ian, Ian McDermott, um, I think he's in the 70s. But he play, you know he was in the original trilogy, played 
in the uh, prequels, he's still alive, you know, I mean, and even in the sequel trilogy, he, he plays, so we could see him return as Palpatine, as uh, Darth Sidious, we could, I mean, like, we could, you know, see anybody at this, at this point in time, um, so, you know, except, you know, except for the Jedi that were, you know, that were killed, um, you know, we could see some other force projections of other Jedi. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't think anything's off the table in this show. I mean, like, I think like literally anybody could, could be in the show. Like it's that, it's that just like a perfect time. They have so much, you know, available, uh, you know, to use in their arsenal for this show. And I'm, I'm so excited. Um, you know, I can't wait to see Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen again. Um, like I said, we could see Ian McDermott again, and it's just, just overall, it's just, um, you know, I'm very giddy and excited about this series, and, um, and like I said, um, you know, it's coming out on May 25th, so still a couple months out, um, like I said, it's gonna be our last Star Wars for a while, or my last Star Star Wars for a while, because we're gonna start breaking down Moon Knight, my next episode is not gonna come out next Wednesday, because, uh, Wednesday is when, on March 30th, is when the first Moon Knight episode will come out. So, I will release an episode, episode 5 will come out on Friday. That will be on April 1st, um, on Friday, because that'll give me two days. I'll have watched the episode twice, and then I'll do a uh, in-depth spoiler breakdown. So, um, so episode 5 will be uh, spoilers of episode 1 of Moon Knight. So. Um, and then, as the rest of the other five episodes come out, I'll be releasing them every Friday after, um, you know, I'll have two days to watch them after they are released on Wednesday. So, uh, so that'll about do it for uh, this episode. Um, I thank y'all for listening and I will, um, like I said, we're going to, um, you know, excited for moon Knight coming out on, um, uh, a week from today. So I can't wait to, um, break down um well i've already you know broke down the trailer and everything but i can't wait to break down the the episode and all um listen to my episode three before you watch the um the series kind of give you a you know um um you know a sense of who moon knight is like from the comics so you're you know not going into the series complete blind kind of like know the backstory of something and you know of him as a character in the comics I kind of made some predictions of like what I think the series is going to, you know, be about. So, listen to episode 3 before March 30th and enjoy Moon Knight coming out um week from today and then um uh join in on my episode 5 podcast as I break it down. So, I'll see y'all next Friday. So, thank y'all for listening. I'll see y'all I'll see y'all then.